and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Let me read Luke 2 verse 8 to you. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for, I be, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord. Father, thank you, Lord, that even though the the shepherds were afraid, Father, of, at, the, at the sight of this mighty angel. Yet, the angel assured them, Lord, that there's nothing to fear, but it's a time to rejoice. And Lord, that's our desire this morning. Lord, that we will not be afraid, Father, whatever the sights are around us. Uh, but Lord, instead, we will rejoice because we know we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, let our time be full of rejoicing, be full of peace. Be a time, Father, where we not only gather around family and uh, even enjoying food, but more than that, Lord, we receive, Lord, your greatest gift to us, your only Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, it's good that, uh, you know, we're celebrating these holidays. Um, you, we might, some, some people have said to just cancel 2020, certainly, uh, if, 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 uh, if only to celebrate the birth of our Lord, then certainly it's not worth canceling the year. But then again, it's not been about the circumstances. It's although we've wrestled with it all of this year, all of this past year, yet it's been the word of God, isn't it? That has kept us strong in our faith, strong in our hope, strong in our vision. And so we're going to continue to read your, the scriptures and meditate upon God's word. And for this morning, we will have, uh, uh, Psalm 119, I'm going to read a portion of Psalm 119 in verse uh, 33 uh, and to 40, and I'll make some comments about this particular psalm. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. And behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Now, uh, you may be familiar with this psalm. It's actually the longest of all of the psalms in the book. And uh, it's a total of 176 verses. In fact, you know, as I thought about it, you can actually divide this psalm. It consists of 176 verses, eight verses per, per, per passage. And so you can actually do this in three weeks, but we're only going to do it in, in, uh, in two days. And so we've divided it up into the first part and the second part of Psalm 119. And what I've decided to do, um, because we won't really have time to look at each of these verses, I've just only, uh, I've only read a portion of it, eight verses, verses 33 to 30, for 40. But, there, there are many themes within this particular psalm, but I think this, in essence, this captures the, uh, some of the most important things that the, the Psalter uh, is showing us. And, um, 
you know, Psalm 119 is well known for its uh, teaching on God's law. But the beauty of this psalm lies not so much in a devotion to the law as much as it is a devotion to God himself. Uh, and I say that because uh, I didn't know this. I mean, I've read this psalm dozens of times, but I found out as I studied this in preparation that this psalm was actually most likely written during the post-exilic times, meaning this was when the Jews were had been exiled from their land in, in Jerusalem and Judah into Babylon and whatever other nations they were scattered to. And so this is a traumatic time for the life of the Jewish people. And so for this psalmist to write this particular uh, song and poetry is, 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 um, is indicative of the dedication and the commitment that this author has to God and his word. And so um, my, my point is when you're in exile, you know, you live in a, in a hostile environment, you live in a place that's ungodly where there's pressure to conform to the world. Now, certainly at least in our nation, we certainly enjoy freedom to worship God, but that's not a guarantee, isn't it? I mean, you know, the, with what we're seeing around the world happening, many nations that are restricted, you know, and, and people are pressured to conform. Uh, there's as much as we believe in the good news of the gospel, yet there are people who are hostile to the, to the gospel. And so uh, we need to be sober enough to understand whether we're in a time where we're enjoying freedom or we're not. We need to posture ourselves as people who are dedicated to God. And that's what the psalmist is showing us by his uh, writings. So this is not just about the psalm about the law, but of loving God and uh, spiritual strength to keep on uh, living for God in the midst of uh, uh, persecution and hostility to the gospel. Now, you'll notice in this particular text we read, and also the rest of the Psalm 119, there's several words that are rendered under the trans, uh, that are referenced, uh, reference rather to the book of the law or uh, the word of God. You know, these are statutes, which is a reference to the covenant promises of God. This is the, sometimes the word law is used. Sometimes the word command is used. Uh, sometimes the word precept. So you can see this interchangeably being used as a reference to the word of God, um, the Mosaic law in particular. Now, um, as I said earlier, in light of the pressure to live in a culture that's directly opposed to the ways of God, what was the psalmist's response? And we see here in this particular text we read that he was crying out to God in prayer to be able to live, to have the strength to live for God despite the difficulties that he was facing. And so what I want to share with you briefly are four petitions that the psalmist prayed uh, con concerning the word of God. The first one is this, a prayer for understanding to keep and observe God's law. We read that in verse uh, 33. Teach me, O Lord, your way, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my heart. Now, here we see the psalmist asking God to commit himself to being the teacher of God's word so that he might know, have knowledge and understanding of his law. Now, you have to understand that one of the, one of the um, names of the Holy Spirit is teacher. Do you realize that the scriptures are authored by the Holy Spirit? It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed, inspired of God, and a reference to the Holy Spirit. And so he is the author of scripture. And 
we will not be able to understand God's word apart from the teacher himself making it known to us. And so I don't know about you, but every time I read the Bible, I pray a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, I ask, you are my teacher. Please lead me and guide me into all truth. And we need the Holy Spirit to understand God's word because our hearts have been dulled some, uh, you know, uh, because of sin um, in our lives. And so we need the help of God to understand God's word. And so that's a powerful prayer to pray that you would give us, pray for understanding to keep and observe God's law. The second petition of uh, the psalmist in this case is prayer for their heart to be inclined to God's testimonies instead of selfish gain and worthless things. Now we read that earlier as well. And see, it's not just our minds. Remember, uh, knowledge and understanding um, uh, take place in our mind. But here he talks about his heart being inclined to the things of God. And so uh, the psalmist prayers, not just for his mind to be renewed, but for his affections, his emotions to be directed towards God. And remember, what is the, the greatest commandment as Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. See, our affections are a vital part of who we are. And John did warn us not to love the things of this world. And really, that's what happens. Imagine this, if you were put thrust in an environment that was ungodly and there's no other people to live for God, you know, you can easily be influenced to just give in to the things of the world. And unfortunately, that does happen, isn't it? Even in a place like our nation where there's freedom to worship God. You know, when we're surrounded by people who love the world, world there's the temptation to give in to the things of the world as well. And so we need to pray, Lord, set our hearts, incline it towards you and not against worthless things. Number three prayer that uh, the psalmist prayed. It's a prayer for faith in his promises and not to be disgraced. You know, God's word is reliable and can be trusted with our whole life. You know, recently we talked about uh, God uh, being, uh, you know, giving our wealth to God. And when I shared this message, I told them, you know, our God has a covenant relationship with us. And part of his covenant is to give us the ability to produce wealth, to confirm his covenant. That's what Deuteronomy 8.18 says. In other words, regardless of what's happening, uh, if we are in covenant relationship with God, whether the economy is up or the economy is down, God will give us the ability to produce wealth, to confirm his covenant. In other words, God will provide us by giving us his ability to produce wealth. And so really, we, we operate in a recession-proof economic system. You know, some people feel like, you know, the future for our economy is uncertain. Let me tell you, in, when you are in God's word, when you love his law, uh, you can claim his promises, you know, and you can be generous towards God so that he can continue to provide for you. And finally, number four is a prayer to walk in the righteousness of God. You know, remember his, his last prayer in verse 40 is, Behold, I long for your precepts in your righteousness. Give me life. And here we see that the righteous, those who pursue the righteousness of God will experience the life of God. You know, Proverbs 8, 4, verse 18 to 19 says this, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what, what they stumble. In other words, the two paths that are before us is the path of righteous and the path of the wicked. And when there is pressure to conform to the world, it's vital that we ask God, Lord, give me the ability and the strength to walk the righteous path and not give in to the, 
to the things of the world. Why? Because it's very clear. The outcomes, you may not see it immediately, but it's as, as the, as, as it says in Proverbs, the path of the righteous is like the bright, is like the dawning of the day. Remember, when it's dawn, when it's new in the morning, it does, it's not bright immediately. It's still somewhat dark, isn't it? You know, that dawning is still dark, but little by little, you know, as you let the day take its course, it becomes brighter over time. And that's a, that's a vivid picture of what can happen if we choose to walk in the righteous path of God, not in the darkness, because as we uh, are steadfast to walk in righteousness, our paths are going to become brighter and we're going to experience the eternal and the abundant life that God promises. And so as we close our time, you know, I, I, you know, enjoy your breakfast, enjoy your time with family, but let's continue to receive the goodness of God and let's dedicate ourselves once more during the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ to be men and women who love and obey God's word. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the encouragement that uh, the psalmist, through the prayer of the psalmist, Lord, we can pray these same prayers, that you would uh, give us understanding of your word, that you would set our hearts to love your word, and that you would, uh, Lord, confirm your promises to us, and that as we do that, we can walk in your in righteousness, Father, and you will be the one, Lord, to make our paths bright. So, Lord, let this day not just be a celebration, but let it be a renewing of the faith and the hope that we have in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let It's good you started your morning uh, listening to God's word. And as you go through this day, uh, may you have a blessed time with your family, with loved ones. Uh, Merry Christmas once again. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.